0: Hello and welcome to the Volunteer Firefighter Podcast. My name's Scott, and I'm with uh, two of my fire... Why do I with fire family? Fire... F- whatever. You always wanted to two be
1: guys. fire buddies.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I never think it's through. Um, I got <clears throat> Todd. Hello. And I got Ash. Hello. And Carl's away tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, he will be back. Will? <laughs> I think. No, oh, I He, he wasn't so. back, yeah. Yep. Um, so, uh, we just got... Uh, no real news, I don't think. Um yeah, there's lots of news in the world, but none that we saw fit to talk about. Mm-hmm. But we did just get over um, July 1st. So July 1st is our is our big event for our country, I guess. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and then July 4th is tomorrow as of our recording. Right? Yeah, that's right. Um, so kind of two big summertime events for people. And um, yeah, ours was our big event for our area is actually down in Todd's area. Mm-hmm. Um, the town of, how many
2: people are in your town normally? Uh, probably uh, six to 10,000 ish. Yeah. And then so
0: given. On this particular weekend, there's about 40,000, 30,000 people that show up.
2: Yeah, usually around 30 ish. Yeah.
0: So, you know, so triple the amount, of, amount yeah. of people in your town all of a sudden. Absolutely. Um, obviously, that begins to tax resources um, police, fire, and ambulance. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think the biggest draw, obviously, you guys have the parade. And then you have the, the fireworks um, that go off, which is uh, down at the beach, and the entire place is kind of packed with people. So It is, yeah. yeah. So I think we're going to talk about is uh, some crowd stuff tonight, um, dealing yeah. with crowds in uh, emergency environments.
2: Yeah, with some crowd control tactics. Yeah. Um, yeah, so for our town, we kind of have, there's kind of two different operational periods. So our first one is the parade. Uh, so it turns into a complete clusterfuck of traffic because yeah. we're blocking off uh, a lot of the major routes major are route. on two major highways mm-hmm. um, to get it started. So right away you get a big traffic backup and then um, all the parade um, participants and then the, the people watching as well. Um, so that goes on for generally not close to an hour. Um, so with that, of course, you know, every emergency service likes to be involved. So uh, we have... All the crew, a lot of the crews, and a lot of the fire trucks in the parade taking part, Sweet. and with the fire department, it's usually a big water fight. Mm-hmm. It's usually pretty fun, which uh, we invited you guys as well this year, yeah. and um, you guys came down and you side by side, and it was a, it was a blast. It was a yeah, the guys said they had a lot of fun. Um, looked like it was a hit. Absolutely, it was. Yeah. So there is, so our department, uh, your department, uh, our other neighboring department, anarchists, uh, they came down as well and joined in as they usually do, so quite a few trucks uh, with the water fight, it's, it's pretty mm. fun. I always love how they always say that there's this one one zone is the water zone, like just right. this one block race is, is just the water zone, because back in the day, it was the entire parade. Sure, And here. it was just a gong show of water balloons and bleeding noses and mm. everything from the right. <laughs> old people are there, and <laughs> the yeah, people that yeah. don't want to get wet. And... Yeah, so it, then it slowly changed, so, okay, you can't spray water until, you know, no, first know, out allowed to, you want more water balloons now, and and you can only spray water in that water zone. we oh, you not have water balloons anymore? No. Well, I think our guys brought like 60 ones. Oh, yeah, they did, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was all good. Yeah, other people were still throwing water balloons uh, at us. It was yeah. fine. Um And then, but everybody, it, it's hot as hell out there. Sure. Yeah, it's hot as balls. Well. It's 32 right. degrees out there. Um So everybody wants to get water. So we're spraying water. No, we're not soaking the entire yeah, just crowd. A feet. Just a little bit here and there, but... Uh, yeah, it turns into one hell of a water fight. It's a blast. Yeah. We always have our tender that can pump and roll as well. And we had one guy with a, an inch and a half with a forestry nozzle on the end of it, spraying everybody oh, down. Yeah. And it <laughs> was... That's all the water for a water fight. <laughs> it was pretty, it was pretty <laughs> awesome. So we start off the parade. The emergency services start the parade, uh, and then we circle back and are at the tail end of the parade in case we need to peel off for emergencies.
3: Yeah,
2: and Part of the operational discussions are, if there's a vent, of course, we have our duty crews on and our, and our pre plan. Um, but we have to peel off through the block barricades on the side streets. And there's usually a good hundred people standing around that anyway. So yeah. it's just reminding everybody, slow things down, make sure you got, you know, clear access to the egress as you proceed through these crowded areas, um, which we'll get into. So that's kind of the first operational period. And then, uh, the big one is the nighttime right. fireworks show. So for that, we get people coming in from all over the Valley up from the States as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, estimated crowds this year, are probably 30 ish thousand or so. Yeah. Um, so a lot of, a lot of pedestrian traffic, the entire beaches areas are just, are packed with people, um, all the way around the lake, mm-hmm. uh, on the north side of the lake, I guess you could call it. Um, but with that, there's a lot of choke points too. And our staging points, so we always send, um, a fire truck down to the, Fireworks uh, site for mm-hmm. support for them if needed. We get a lot of uh, <clears throat> embers and stuff that kind of trickle down. Mm-hmm. We've had yep. small little leaf fires and things in the past. Um, and with that, we have a very small staging area where we get police, we get sheriffs, uh, a couple of ambulances usually staged as well. Um, and it's right below a bar and a patio. So there's shenanigans happening everywhere, right? Um, and of course, like any crowd event, um, I know the law enforcement, they don't push the drinking <clears throat> in public too much. Just as long as it's respectful and low key, they kind of let keep letting it go. Mm. Um, as soon as you start getting a little bit out of whack, then you guys step in and take care of it, right? Um, so one thing we really preach to our guys, and anytime you're you're operating an emergency vehicle or you have to leave your emergency vehicle, it's back to the body system, right? Sure. Uh, we have to wear high viz. It's best practices when you branch out into a crowd. Um, generally, it's, it's not just the two of you. If you can have somebody from law enforcement or uh, the fire department or ambulance kind of come with you, a few more bodies, the better, because you you'll always like to make a little bit of a perimeter around yourself mm-hmm. as you work as well. Like if, say, you have somebody down on the beach, you want to make a little buffer zone, kind of like your hot zone circles, right, if you will. Um, and then operations of the vehicles is the big thing. So everybody gets all amped up when you start getting a, a response. So lights on only, just short little bursts of the air horn, mm-hmm. um, as you go through the crowds very slowly, uh, head on a swivel, because you always get people jumping on the tailboards, trying to come up, uh, not paying any attention, walking in front of you still. So no long siren bursts, you don't stay on the siren, because it just causes chaos, people don't know what to do. Sure. So you want to really slow it down, and really show intent, especially in driving and bumper for traffic, where you have to make a path where there isn't a lot of room for vehicles to pull over to the right to, to make an, uh, a laneway for you is you have to really show that intent. We actually had a fire call just after the parade uh, for a fuel spill and same thing I told my driver in the engine because he's like, ah, these guys aren't moving. It's was like, no, you got to, we're crawling, of course, right? So you have to get in that lane, show intent, show that other driver that you want that lane. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Almost push them off, but you know, like it's like we're, we're going like 10 kilometers an hour with the truck, Right. We just had to push our way through. But if you don't show that clear intent and, and make your truck get in that lane, they're just going to keep on going past you. They're not yeah. going to move. So, again, head on swivel, looking around, um, slowly uh, making that progression through the crowd. Yeah. Anything to add? No. So, on uh, my side of the fence there, um, I was
0: working with uh, the law enforcement guys. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, the same idea as, uh, our briefing was similar. It's just going you know, to let... You know there's gonna be problems, there's gonna be people doing things, and that's what we'll be doing. But for that night, anyways, let them because there's X number of police, that's right, law enforcement, and there's way more, <laughs> way more. <laughs> yeah, people. I feel if
1: you yeah. if you try to hold everything to the letter of the law, oh, yeah, there's no you'll yeah. be you would, yeah. you know, run through your resources in the first yeah. 25
0: minutes, so. yeah. yeah. And because in my old job, like before I wasn't law enforcement or anything else and, and and even this job I used to that's what I used to do was to do crowd control or mm-hmm. actually we we, it was, we would call it crowd management because you don't control a crowd you manage a crowd yeah. mm-hmm. there's no way to control a crowd like they have the crowd control team they're not controlling the crowd either. yeah <laughs> I mean I guess them they're shooting tear gas and stuff maybe they are controlling the crowd but you're you're really managing crowds you're trying to disperse you know, and yeah, you're making yeah. good flow paths they're basically like a fire <laughs> like you you make them go places by just you know good barricades good choke points, like you said, yeah. you know, setting up things. Um, so I, you know, it was always kind of let things slide um, until it was time not to let things slide. <laughs> it's yeah. Like, because there's, you know, and there's, I'd always say there's like 1% of that, like out of, you know, there's 1% of the population that are assholes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or that are going to cause trouble or that are going to do something dumb or that are going to get injured by doing something dumb. But, which doesn't sound like a lot. If you have 100 people, you have one person. Yeah. But if you had 30,000... What's that, 300? <laughs>
3: mm-hmm.
0: Some math there, yeah. So, was that 300? Yeah. Yeah. So 300 is a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, and we don't have that many resources in law enforcement. You guys definitely yeah. don't have that many in the, in the um, medical side. Yeah, generally, fired. those one-percenters stick together. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. you have groups yeah. of these... Three hundred people. So, so maybe it's even less than one percent. But even you know, even if it's thirty people that are being like total off the rails dirt bags, yeah, like that's still a lot of that's potential a lot of problems. Mm-hmm. And the challenge with that is, they, they kind of infect the crowd. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you don't put a, st- a stop to it right away, they kind of like then the rest, then then the other maybe the other. Percenters, 10 percenters start rolling yeah. in. Like, oh, that's yeah, the, 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 the mob mentality. your like borderline right? start to, yeah, yeah. So, really, you let it slide until it's like, okay, it's crackdown diamond, and then it's like, mm-hmm. and then you send a message. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I, I you know nothing illegal or immoral or anything, but you, you, you grab them, you put them where they have to go, and yeah, you know, or, or you know, you move them somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of like that's kind of like the rule of thumb in a crowd, right? Um, for, for the enforcement side of the fence. Um, but everything else you said, yeah, exactly. Like, you don't, when you're going code three through the crowd, you don't go through code three. It's like yeah. it's lights on, boop, 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 and al- I usually alternate the, the noise because, you know, yeah. the, then people kind of look around like, what's going on? Oh, and there's always some idiot who's walking with his girlfriend right in front of you, You're like, boop,
2: boop, 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 and they're like, look at you like, what?
0: Get out of the way, man. Like, yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. And and with that, it's just back to those simple crowd disbursement tactics, right? Like, sometimes. Mm. In our world, if we can have uh, like a law enforcement or a fire department kind of paired up, walking outside mm-hmm. of our crowd as we escort through a crowd with our vehicle, um, generally just just a gentle guidance. Hey, guys, look out! There's an ambulance coming through. Hey, there's a fire truck coming through. Step aside. Oh, right, sorry. You know, but they can hear the siren right behind them or the horn, but they don't move yeah. until you actually make that contact and have some right. verbal discussion. Yeah. Sometimes they'll move. Other ones, they tell you to fuck off and yeah, go from there. And then you push them with your bumper. But whatever.
0: And part of it, like you. Yeah. I always found if you make the crowd on your side, they'll they'll kind of control the other idiots too, right? They do. Um, absolutely. Because at one point the other night, like what we always have to do there, because the fireworks are on a like a beach on a point kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And throughout the day, everybody kind of sets up their blankets and stuff super close to the fireworks because yeah. there's a fence. Well, that fence is not the perimeter fence for safety. It's just the fence don't come in here where we're setting up fireworks. Don't right? mess with the actual fireworks. Yeah. Yeah. And then usually about half an hour to an hour before the fireworks go off the the pyro guy says, "Hey, I need you guys to push the crowd back now to the safety zone, which is 100 more meters mm-hmm. out, and that becomes a big pain because now we lay at these. Um, I think you guys actually put the barricades out, yeah. So now it's like, oh, barricades way over there. <laughs> so now we got to move 300 people. Yeah. Why do you move 300 people? So my my thing is always like, hey man, uh, you gotta you gotta move back over there. Whoa, well, whoa. Hmm, hmm. It's like, well, you know what? I'm like, if you stay here, he's not gonna light those fireworks off." So, these 30,000 people are not going to be very happy with you. <laughs> yeah, And they're like, oh. <laughs> it's like, I don't care if you move. They're going to care if you move. Because <laughs> yeah, exactly. when they ask, how come the fireworks are delayed? Well, he's this guy here sitting in his lawn chair that's refusing to leave. Is the reason <laughs> so, like, so now the crowd is now <laughs> working with you like yeah like the guy's like oh I don't want to be that guy cuz no one ever wants to be singled out as that guy yeah. you don't yeah. want to be that guy mm-hmm. so he, you know they get up and leave <laughs> so that's how I kind of play the crowd I mean you know there's other times like in when I used to work uh, event stuff it was like you know we're working in the big crowds like mosh pits and stuff and like guys in the crowd being a, a dirtbag well no one really wants them in there so it's like hey you guys in the crowd Push him up to us. We'll we'll get him out for you. Sag him, carry him out, and he's gone. Yeah. So people don't really want these idiots in the crowd.
3: Right.
0: Mm. So I think if you're if you're open and talking to people and you're friendly and approachable, absolutely, it kind of helps. If you're yeah. like coming through with a heavy hand, they don't want to. Yeah. No, it'll backlash talk to you. big yeah. time. Yeah, and then the crowd kind of shifts mm. on you, and then it's like, yeah. yeah. And you also have to remember this isn't a protest. This is like dealing with protests is a totally different thing, yeah. right? Because everybody's there for one purpose and it's usually yeah. like they kind of view the law enforcement and the um, first responders as, as kind of the enemy mm-hmm. in some ways. Um, So that kind of, that ends up in a different way. These people are here to watch fireworks and enjoy their night. They're not yeah. here to, um, for some
2: cause. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. The cause
0: to watch fireworks.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. I know uh, there was actually, um, there was one event just after one of our animals transported somebody away. Uh, we were sitting out in front of the ambulance, and, and all of a sudden there's this uh, this fight that took mm. place in front of one of the police cars, and so I called in right away on our radio, and I knew it would delay a bit, so I called you on my yeah on my, my phone's phone ringing, I'm like, oh this isn't good. <laughs> 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 I actually said that to the guys that I was with. I'm like, uh, the head paramedic's calling me right now. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> yeah, so you guys came back pronto, yeah. but again with that like, um, the majority of the crowd actually jumped in. That's what caught my attention to it was the crowd jumping in to pull these guns and off and break it up. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, the group of kids that were involved in the fight just scattered like yeah, crazy, yeah. right? But, um, yeah. again, with that crowd being on your side and trying to keep the peace, they yeah. jumped in and dispersed it yeah. very very quickly. Um, the I other thing We were going to deal with another
0: group of fights. <laughs> at yeah. the
2: time, you were calling
0: them like, ah, man. <laughs> yeah. It always kicks off right at the end of the fireworks. Fireworks time is best because everyone's watching the show and no one's... Mm-hmm. Actually, I was discussing that with one of the uh, members that I was standing with. I'm like... How many people do you think are getting robbed right now? Like people, everybody's watching the fireworks. How many do you think people are just snagging, like, people's yeah. bags? Because that's actually what we were doing. Like, we weren't watching the fireworks. We were, we were watching the crowd to see yeah. if we could see some yeah, some people. People are, you know, yeah. you start looking at the fireworks, you don't think, your bag's behind you. Yeah. Just you know, pickpockets are going and, mm-hmm. yeah, these guys are just waiting for that opportunity because it's a 40 minute show. Yeah. yeah. And there's stuff you can steal in 40 minutes.
2: There's a lot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, one thing uh, we always do is we always identify ourselves right away in a crowd as well. But, I mean, yeah. Generally, we always, my practice would always be that, that on any event, any call. Um, we always say, hey, yeah, paramedics. Because um, yeah. a lot of people with our dark uniforms now, they think we're law enforcement as well. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Um, especially if you throw in a vest or whatever else. Um, and that happened actually that night during one of the fights. Once somebody came right after me, you guys going to fucking do anything? Or are you just going to stand there? I said, hey, man, yeah, I've called the police. I'm a paramedic. He's like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Yeah, yeah. No, it looks like he's okay. And then he flipped right away. Yeah. Sure. yeah. But the law enforcement gets the shit end of the stick all yeah. the time, mm-hmm. right? But yeah. yeah. So yeah, he-
0: we waited into one of those uh, incidents, and then uh, this kid, yeah, <laughs> like I kind of shoved him back, and you know, he, and he actually had a bottle in his hand, which no, not for that. But again, we were kind of letting it go a little bit. Mm-hmm. He raises his bottle back. Like, cause he didn't know who I was. And I, I had my, uh, my flashlight in my hand. So I just, I, I hit him, not hit him with the flashlight. I hit him with the light, like the beam of light mm-hmm. and his eyes. And he's like, <laughs> so that's always effective because like, it was yeah. dark. Suddenly you blow their night vision. Mm-hmm. And then I, and then I yelled like, I yelled police, even though I'm not, I just yelled because it's easier than trying to identify my, my actual. Yeah. Allies, cause then they'd be like, what? I just said, police, And then he's like, that <laughs> so I said, put the bottle down. So I grabbed the bottle. Then he, he calmed right down. But yeah, yeah, it takes a second for people to snap out of it, especially when they're in, in that fight or flight mode. But yeah.
2: That's the other thing, actually, when you're in uh, crowd control movements, is, is flashlights. Um, yeah. I always carry a very uh, good flashlight with me as well. And, and past practices, kind of my whole platoon and paramedics uh, partners, that we all did as well. Because yeah. um, when you're going to an event, if you couldn't find the address, you couldn't find the location, the police would strobe us with their light yeah. and, oh, perfect. Pinpoint, where you go. Uh, and then vice versa. We do that to waving the police or other resources mm-hmm. to us as well. Yeah. Uh, and then if I've hacked at the do that as well in defense. Um, some guys are just right irate and coming at us, and I'll blind them with your light. Step to the side, and identify you the track, yourself, yeah. and then oh, then they settle down, right? Sure, yeah, yeah. So that works. That works a lot. So having a good light with you is is key. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah, um, yeah and then of course, um, while we're up there, a high acuity event goes on. Not in where we were, but across. That's right. Another area, area. We're not going to talk about what it is, but it, it happens. So. A lot of resources get shifted. So now it's like, wait, hey, now we now we all have to go to shift resources to, yeah. And the cover areas that are, that we weren't prepared to cover. And That
2: gets, that gets really challenging. So, I mean, as, as, getting as stretched. you know, with, so law enforcement resources got pulled right away. Uh, EHS resources were getting pulled right away. Um, and now you still have these, you know, 20,000 plus people in this one area. Yeah. Um, so I know our dispatch they were scrambling, getting resources just to our community back and forth. We had numerous other communities coming coming and going as we did calls as well. So it really pulls your resources, right? Especially if another high Haikyut event kicks off in our area. Yeah. Um, so when you start thinking of the worst case scenario for a, uh, a high Haikyut event, how are we going to work together in the most efficient manner, right? So mm-hmm. fire services, we talk a lot about... Um, uh, kind of filling the gap, like you always say, right? And one thing that we've talked a lot about before is the Rescue Task Force. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So having appropriate people trained to support the other agencies in this is is pretty key. And it probably could have, well, actually, no, it would have helped um, in the July 1st events.
0: Yeah. So now, like, I'm still thinking it needs to be a regional thing. Mm-hmm. Is yeah. it only each town could, could could support
2: a whole task force? No, it's like we're not a we're not I mean, a Vancouver yeah. City. We're not a North Van, yeah. you know, like or Abbotsford has one as well. Yeah. Um, you know, so ours would have to be a few departments together sure. to come yeah. together.
0: And then you know, and then obviously that always comes into billing wise and all that stuff, which mm-hmm. is out of my realm. I mean, that's yeah. we'd have to be thinking about, but but just for that event alone, like if you had a, the rescue task force guys walking around. They just, they have the gear, um, they don't need all that. they don't need an ambulance. They just have to have, like, gear for high-acuity stuff. Mm-hmm. So when paramedics are out doing their thing, like, dealing with stuff all over town, these guys are literally on the beach, like, holding the line, mm-hmm. and then if something happens, they can at least stabilize the scene, like, we always talk about stabilize the scene, and wait, and yeah. then wait for the paramedics. They're like, the, yeah, like you said, like, they're like, the, they're, they fill the hole, they fill mm-hmm. the gap. That's not there. And if it really turned into a high acuity event, well, then you have the armor and you have all the stuff that you could work with now with the police on that yeah. on that side of the fence and do a little bit more. So it is that mm-hmm. it is that space filler. That mm-hmm. The fire service should be... I think the fire service should be doing more in that realm. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's not... I don't
2: think it should be the paramedics doing it. Unless, unless of course, the paramedics were, had enough staff to do it. Yeah, again, it comes down to the staffing. So the example, like, when uh, the public safety unit started off in Lower Mainland, uh, same thing. So it was... Um, AMU also was involved with the VPD for it and also Vancouver fire. Um, so with that, they trained, of course, it was pre, pre Olympics so that kind of kicked everything off. Um, for, so for all the crowd, crowds and stuff where the Granville district that was shut down and the partying, um, we had those units in place and they'd be partnered up with the, the VPD and, and the rescue task, or rescue task force, public safety unit at that time, which essentially turned into the rescue task force, right. name change. Um, but the same thing, they, they, kind of go through their, the crowd dispersal techniques if needed yeah. uh, when things did kick off, which they did, there were some riots with the Stanley Cup. Um, but also that transpired just to your Thursday, Friday, Saturday night events. The Granville district is packed with partiers yeah. and would generally upstaff certain people for that event as well. And that's what they would do. They'd cruise the crowd, they'd identify somebody if, uh, if they're in need, they'd provide that treatment. Uh, bring them out to a staging point where the ambulance would pick up and go forward. Um, So the same techniques could be working in our big crowd that we have. Uh, And we've done similar stuff with our special events units, with our bike squads and gator teams and things like that. But that's just ambulance versus having a combined crew of fire, police, EHS.
0: Because again, if something really big kicked off for ambulance,
2: those guys would probably be gone. You could, they could be gone. So, so Generally, yeah. they're under contract because they're paid by the town. Right. Um, however, if a large scale event comes in, they'll absolutely get tasked yeah. on something. So with this, it's
0: like the rescue task force would be would be yeah. there. They'd be on station. They wouldn't be leaving. They'd because mm-hmm. in a crowd, really, the fire department doesn't do a lot. Like I'm thinking back to every crowd, every crowd I've ever dealt with. Yeah, the fire is not until it totally gets to like. The riots. Yeah. Yeah. Even, yeah, even then, they're closed The they're, yeah. Until they start burning shit. Yeah. yeah. But like concerts and stuff, like fire department show up every once in a while. And I, honestly, I, you know, we'd be working big concerts and it's it's a well established arena we're in. And all of a sudden, the fire service comes to jo- to check out the um, fire code stuff. I'm like, really? Or you just want to look at like, yeah. You want to look at more of the like crew backstage.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> or you want to like talk to. To, to kiss, like you know, all these bands that we worked with, it's like, <laughs> really? Is that why you're here right now? You couldn't have done the fire inspection like four weeks ago, yeah. <laughs> Suddenly, <laughs> tonight, mm. interesting. <laughs> so, yeah. really, I mean, I get it, they, yeah, you know, people are people and they show up, but, but or could they be that they're, they're actually doing a job that yeah. isn't necessarily firefighting yeah. but also
2: mm. providing a public service, but also with that pre-planning of having a unit like that in place. Now you're all under the instant command system. Yeah. Everybody's got, you know, good comms and can chat back and forth. Like we had a combined events channel, which everybody could communicate to you if something went down. Yeah. Um, we could arrange something like that here, yeah. um, which you guys kind of do uh, when you're down there assisting. Um, and it, it just makes the flow so much better rather than one, service calling their dispatch going to another dispatch going to the ground crew trying to coordinate what's going on there's a huge time delay mm-hmm. so there's, there's definite benefits of it
0: yeah and yeah. i mean that's really that whole task force thing it should be
2: like the uh, task
0: force is a group of different units together that's right yeah and i think in events a lot of times fire is missing out of that task force it's like it just is there police is there or each law enforcement is there Rarely fire is there. Fire fire is kind of like, meh. Mm -hmm. We're not really needed until something's on fire. Right. Well, you could be there. (laughs) And if something does happen, they're there and they can just radio and and then the the whole show can come. Yeah. Yeah. It's another interesting thing to add because, you know, I mean, we've been talking about there's been lots of shootings lately and Mm -hmm. um, the thing down in uh, Sandwich. Yeah. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I mean, obviously, down in the States, there's lots of shootings. Um, Lots of stuff where these, these gaps aren't being filled. Mm-hmm. And I think they could be, uh, with, it. and it's, and you don't have to train more people. Like, it's not like you need a whole new service. It's like, there's already fire. There's already fire that's trained mm-hmm. to do these mm-hmm. things. Um, it'd be a little bit more training, a little bit of different gear and they'd be able to, um, these holes. Cause there's, you know, even in a volunteer service, there's at least 15 people usually.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And you can probably get 10 of them that would easily volunteer for a crowd, like working sure. in a crowd Yeah, and yeah. a little bit of extra cash in their pocket. Yep. and mm-hmm. just imagine ten more quasi-trained medical personnel there.
2: Oh, absolutely, and, you know, and generally you always here. get anybody who puts in these expressive interests and stuff for these teams. You know, they're always a very similar like-minded group of individuals. Mm. Whatever service you're in, yeah. it's very similar tactics and stuff. So, and that's where it works so well because everybody just they get it. Their situational awareness is, is huge on these uh, events, yeah. and it's a, it's good training and away you go. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it might, it might be another, like, another one of those, I know we're always talking about this every time we, and we always talk about the Rescue Task Force, but is it another one of those job duties that they can possibly perform mm-hmm. on event nights, on yeah, large-scale events, or even medium-scale events. Like that doesn't have to be some massive thing like that. Yeah. It could be, you know, even just in the summertime on beaches. Yeah, sure. You know, do you need a paramedic crew coming off an ambulance to drive around on a beach mm-hmm. on a bike? Because they can't necessarily get to the ambulance fast enough to go, you know, Yeah. Could as a group of firefighters to be on bike patrol. Yeah. You know, we're, you know,
2: well, and, and by example, side by side. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly.
3: Right?
1: <clears throat> you got kit, you got lots yeah. of shit that you can have with you. You got two things that can help you got a little,
0: a little bit of medical and a radio. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And to a little bit of water. <laughs> and
1: a little bit okay, of water. Something, something happens. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. yeah the other um, big thing with our town is the lake, right? Yeah. So you get sure. a lot of boats out there um, during these events. Um, And actually, because of the the event that took place earlier in the day, uh, the police boat was able to be out patrolling as it normally would around the fireworks. They create a perimeter for the fireworks because our pyrotechnic he shoots off um, these certain shells that go in the water and then explode. Right. Amazing to watch, and of course the boat slowly trickling closer and closer and closer. <laughs> the, one the, and boat, awesome. the one almost landed in the boat, which the one almost landed in the boat.
0: but it was right beside it. Yeah, I thought it went in the yeah. boat at first. I'm like, oh no, it's in the water. But then obviously it blows up on the water, so oh, the, whole, yeah. the boat just got coated in yeah in oh, stars and like it. And then all all you see is boats like
3: it's,
0: it's scattered. <laughs> it looked like something out yeah. of like a war movie because because shells are still coming in because once that uh, once that bank of fireworks gets lit, you yeah. ain't stopping it. Yeah. So it's like the first one goes in and then five more come right behind it.
2: (laughs) And they are violent. Like they will land in the water and there's an eruption of water when it lands and it's still glowing in the water. And then three seconds later, boom! There's fireworks everywhere. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. I guarantee that guy shit his pants. It was was intense. He beatled out of there pretty fast. Yeah. And then, you know, the crowd's freaking out. (laughs) Everybody's losing their mind. yeah. Like, oh, my
0: God, the fireworks almost killed that guy. It's like, well. (laughs)
1: <laughs> There's freaking TikToks everywhere about how, you know, the show went, went wrong. A ride, no. But no, because people aren't listening to yeah. the safe uh, perimeter and yeah. they slowly float in a little closer because, I mean, the best seat in the house is out on the water. Yeah. Um. But yeah, they, they, you know, start, start getting closer and closer <laughs> and closer <laughs> and yeah, next thing you know, you got a, ma- a massive yeah. fire, you know, fireworks show in somebody's boat awesome.
0: <laughs> I remember back in the day uh, what used to happen was the pyro guy we'd launch one because I kind of worked with him a little bit we used to launch one aqua shell out because we didn't have the police boat all the time so we'd, we'd kind of look at the we'd as like the starters to the show to get keep kind of like say hey, one minute to go before the show starts yeah. we'd launch one aqua shell over the lake just kind of as a marker so that and we kind of aim it so it wouldn't be near a boat but it would be like the boats would see where it lands and they'd be like whoa and then they all take off Mm -hmm. so that would that was kind of like (laughs) that that was like the original get get the hell away from us but then then the police boats are showing up (laughs) but when the police boat's not able to come it's like right they don't have they don't have the marker shell anymore (laughs) so
2: (laughs) that was probably the best part of the show i was chuckling (laughs) oh man that was good (laughs) Yeah, so coordination with more events like that would it's just super beneficial, and it goes back to what um, you know, Dr. Nick Sparrow talks about in our attack as well. A lot of of you know what can we do to provide the best patient care, right? It's patient focused care. It's 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 this pre planning. It's all these events working together for that ultimate goal, right? Yeah, yeah. you know, and budget. Why people?
0: That's another big thing. Like, oh, budget, budget, budget. I mean, really, like I said, budget wouldn't be that much because it's, you know, a few people for a few hours. Mm-hmm. You're not hiring brand new people. You're not bringing no. in this giant... Bringing in uh, extra staffing. Yeah, you know, bringing in this extra huge resource. That, yeah. It's these people that are already trained. Mm-hmm. Just using your resources where they are. Yeah, right absolutely.
1: And it frees yeah. up on those larger scale events. Um, like we kind of mentioned earlier, we can be there to kind of fill that hole Um it doesn't matter what it is. Like we're not the show when it comes to mm-hmm. some medical, we wouldn't be the show if it comes to something, you know, on like the crowd, crowd control side, but it allows the people that can actually do like, do the next level stuff. It allows them to be more available yeah. rather than like some of these yeah. smaller little, you know, like minor events start, start to happen.
0: It, it starts to chew up all of these friggin resources. Yeah. Um, like well, Todd said, even creating a perimeter. So yeah. get a medical incident. Okay. So say there's a fight, say there's a stabbing, someone gets stabbed. Mm. Okay, so person's down, it just rolls in, they start dealing with the patients. Mm-hmm. Okay, now you, the police are trying to grab witnesses, talk to people. Well, there's still a crowd. Maybe then the crowd's not causing problems, but they're starting to they're get close. In. They're pushing yeah. in with camera. Well, yeah. Okay, that's where the fire. fire mm-hmm. to come in. And be like, hey, you know, everybody step back. That's the kind of stuff. And, yeah, you know, true. I know there's a. oh, it's not our job, it's fire. You know, We're the fire department. Everyone loves us. It's like, yeah, that's cool. Everyone also love us if we helped <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> keep the, public safe <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: you know thinking back like we actually had an mci there um a number remember, of years yeah. back uh we had a motorhome uh go into the crowd yeah and it took out a whole shitload of people uh and for that one same thing so everybody of course was called fire police ambulance and for that we had a lot of our uh, off-duty members uh, down there enjoying mm-hmm. the festivities as well yeah. so the next thing you know i was there in shorts and flip-flops as well and doing our thing and pulling kits from ambulances. And, and we ended up, I think I ended up doing two trips in the ambulance back to back to the hospital in shorts and t-shirt. Yeah. Well, it's just cause that's what we had to do, right? Like you're all trained to that job. Um, but again, that was kind of the kicker of the better pre-planning for those events. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they quickly realized, Oh, we need to control the choke points and the, or create choke points and, and, uh, some uh, guardrails and and barriers and things for the vehicles and people and yeah, because it wasn't even nefarious. That was just some it it hit, was hit just, the wrong yeah. hit the wrong pedal, right? Yeah, yeah, totally accidental. But you know, like if you ever been to like Disneyland or Disney World, like the way they control the crowds there and funnel you the direction they want you to walk, yeah, it's amazing. Sure. So a little bit of tactics goes a long ways. Yeah. Yeah. One day maybe. Let's keep working. on it. Keep working. We'll keep yeah. It
0: <laughs> yeah, we don't give up, that's for sure. That's one thing about us. <laughs> just keep pushing and pushing it. Yeah. yeah. I'm wondering if any other, because big cities, like you mentioned, have yeah. scrutinized forces. Um, I don't know if
2: other like, smaller areas do. I'm not sure. I, I definitely don't think any more in our province other than what we've already mentioned.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I'm not sure what the other provinces have. Well, actually, well, one of the pro- provinces, they have um, actual specific, like, TAC medics and stuff and right. with fire and ambulance that work all together already, but... Right. You guys, big city. Uh,
0: do you guys run gas masks or anything? Like, do you guys have that in your trucks for, like,
2: Oh uh, no. no. No, so only the, the... Back to the Rescue Task Force, they all had kit and uh, the public safety members, uh, public safety unit, they had the kits, the PC4 masks. Right. Um, things like that. And then with our CBRN team, we had them as well.
3: Right. right. Mm-hmm.
2: But that was just for course cbrn events right not not like no it was i remember when i was getting trained on that back in the day um the conversation was do we give a certain level of training to every medic down here and have those in the cars and then it just of course budget costs no it wouldn't be feasible um so then they talked about okay well where do the members that are trained do they carry that kit in the ambulance if they're on shift that was one version we were going to Right. and then they decided, okay, no, we're all going to have all of our kits staged in our special ops uh, yeah. area, and then if you're on platoon, then you'd just be tasked to either respond there to grab it, or somebody else would grab it and meet you on the scene, or a staging area, and go from there. But Yeah. Budget, as usual.
0: Yeah. Okay, let's, uh, in the same vein, but let's switch gears a little bit away from the crowds, let's uh, talk about um, scenes that are Maybe less safe than uh, normal for uh, medical and FR. Um, so not the grandma that fell down or broke her hip or or the guy in the restaurant choking on food. Um, things that we would know that are safe. Like that's what I would consider a, a safe scene. Um, let's talk more about you know the shootings, the stabbings, um, mm-hmm. even the like a drug overdose under a bridge sort of thing. Um, maybe areas that are is that austere? I think it's austere. Austere, austere environments. environments. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you know, slightly more dangerous. Obviously first thing we do probably police would be on scene but after that or even before that or mm-hmm. I don't know what do you well, what is even, well, it? well it
2: depends on the scene too like, like generally <laughs> you're a GSW so you're shootings and stuff like that so usually it's always the police on scene mm. you know stage safe to move in type of information right but um, well even, even with that we can get into some of the, the best practices I'll call it um, for your safety uh, but even like your, your classic overdose like just because you're responding to an overdose doesn't mean the police are going. Like, or you may not know what it is until you arrive, and then you find out it to be an overdose. Um, so, just let's just talk about overdoses, for example. So, my best practices that I've learned from very senior people through my career, which I now practice and I pass on to others, is the usual stuff. So, like in, in school and training, they pump through your head like, oh, scene safety, such, such, mm-hmm. uh, gloves on, goggles on, blah blah blah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you're going in there and, you know, it's like anything in the fire service, like we're constantly, you know, doing a a risk evaluation, right? Same thing with that fire world. What's the risk to me? What's the risk to the patient? Um, so let's say you've got somebody down, um, daylight, dark, wherever. I'm not just kneeling down into anything. I'm making sure, you know, you know, it's going to be a safe location for me. I'm not stepping in puddles that I don't know what they are. Uh, it could be blood, it could be piss, it could be God knows what, um, grass, gravel, sand, things like that. If it's an overdose, it could be syringes, could be sharps. Yep. Um, so you just, I'm just not kneeling down. You're always using caution. Um, if you have to roll somebody over, it's the usual stuff that you learn. You know, verbal commands first. See if they respond. Then go to a painful stimulus to try and get them to respond. Um, and what the best practice I found is is You always get somebody leaning over the patient to reach and wake them up. Well, now you are off balance. You're right in their face. If they're out of it, you know, they could see you as a threat. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's a whole bunch of little things. So I generally start at the foot end, try and rouse them, try and move them a little bit, see if there's a response. If not, then if I need to safely roll them over, I will. But with that, using all your senses, what are you seeing? What are you hearing? Do you hear strider, do it look look like they're breathing or choking or whatever sounds um because then that's going to be a good indication that okay they're probably not going to come up swinging if i roll them over right with that i don't just flop them over right away because they could be holding uh, an edge weapon or some sort of weapon in their hands which has happened to to myself and my partner uh, we rolled up to one guy um, did all of our usual procedures, started rolling over and he had a, an open knife, a blade yeah. sticking out ready to go uh, and clutched in his fist by his chest. Found out after the fact that that was his go-to. If he go, lies down for to go to bed, he carried an open knife because he'd get robbed all the time living on the street. Yeah. That was just what he did. Uh, so that's obviously a threat to us. He turned out being, he was an unconscious diabetic, so it was safe for us to deal with it. So we took the weapon away and whatnot. But um. So yeah, once once it's safe, move them over, you recognize that it could be an overdose, so we start going through our procedures. Um, before we fully resuscitate them, if they're gonna get to that point uh, to wake up, uh, generally one of us is gonna be kind of patting them down, grab that backpack or bag, clear it out of their vicinity so they can't grab it because we don't know what's in it yet. Um, so make this, back to making your scene safe, right? Your little inner circle clearing the, the possible hazards out, and uh, either us or law enforcement patting them down the pockets, you know, baggy pants, baggy jackets, yep. making sure there's no weapons or blades or syringes, things that could be used against us. Yep. Uh, so we've always got in the practice of doing that, making sure it's safe before they wake up. Um, the next step to that is once they wake up, they're usually very hypoxic, very confused. Um, and still could see you as a threat, so identify right away. Mm-hmm. Hey, it's the paramedics, you know, continue with that identification process and just reinforce, hey, you're safe, this is what happened, and go from there. Sometimes, absolutely, you're getting into a bit of a brawl with them. Um, could be from withdrawals, they could just be a fucking asshole, um, who knows <laughs> what, right? Um, and others, they get up and they're quite thankful. Um, but yeah, back to the safety things. Make sure there's no, nothing on them Prior to them regaining yeah. consciousness and clearing those bags and backpacks, things away from their uh, initial grab. Right. Uh, then the next step to that, if you actually go into the transport, if you put them in the back of the, the ambulance, don't take their bag with them. Right in. Like a lot. Of, I see so many medics grab their backpack or give it to them. Okay, let's get you sitting down. And I throw the bag beside them. Yeah. No, the bag is going to be way out of reach. Or depending, in the front of the cab. Mm-hmm. We only put things in the front of the cab if it's clean. And i know there's no bugs and stuff probably, you know, yeah, yeah. because that does happen yeah, course, so yeah. otherwise we will bag it in a plastic bag and put it way out of reach and not a sight mm-hmm. yeah
0: yeah 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 i mean, the other day we had an we went to an od call and yeah um i was i happened to be by the patient so i was like oh. and i can hear the paramedics are talking they're like where they're gonna revive him? so i gave him a quick uh pat search around his waistband you know yeah. commonplace for weapons and then actually i was I, as they're reviving i'm looking i'm like oh he's laying on his on his jacket. So I start handing him, like, his jacket ash and then his hat because I'm like, yeah. you know, I, I, I didn't search any of those so I'm like, here you go. Let's just <laughs> get it out and of the way. Yep. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, You know, just thinking on my side of the fence, like, yeah, if a guy wakes up and I box it and, mm-hmm. you know, startled and all that kind of stuff comes up. And, you know, this guy woke up confused, of course, but he wasn't combative. Yeah. but Yeah. Um, yeah,
1: super nice, super open about what he was doing mm-hmm. and um, yeah. thankful to have us there. Yeah. Yeah. So he was, like, the the kind of guy that you you would like to to have to deal with you know if you're in that position but mm-hmm. you know being being uh prepared i think there was a couple things that happened on that call that that were that were uh really good like scott was just saying like you know checking the waistband there you know mm-hmm. clearing those uh those are, th- those other
0: effects out of there um you yeah. know and one thing before i i cleared the waistband a little faster than i normally would have if i but i heard her say he was he was smoking heroin so i was mm-hmm. like okay so in my head on my way he's it doesn't sound like he's an intravenous guy yeah so i i my pat is a little quicker than like i wasn't like delicately looking in his pockets for for um, needles mm-hmm. um even yeah. though i was still in my head i'm like okay i don't want to like I'm, I'm like patting but not like i wasn't like aggressively
2: yeah squeezing because i'm mm-hmm. like even though he's smoking he probably could still have you know on him. Mm-hmm. exactly like that. and that's part of the trick too is you don't just Dive your glove hand yeah. into, into yeah. a pocket or a bag, right? Sure. You open it up, you shine a light in, yeah. uh, you, you pat open palm yeah. first, things mm-hmm. like that, right? And you, and you learn, you start feeling through the job, you, you figure out what you're feeling yeah. to know what it yeah. is. So being like, and oh, part see. of that history is exactly what you said. Oh, no, he was smoking this. Yeah. Okay, odds are in my favor. Still, of course, using your, your risk precautions. But uh, yeah, generally, if they're a smoker uh, for the products, then that's generally what they do.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. sorry you said a couple things yeah and then
1: that. the other thing that that you ended up doing a little bit later in that um as he was coming back More. to uh was clearing some space around them uh in case there was any vomiting yeah um, right. so I mean that yeah. is and that uh, was a straight Todd Todd
0: taught me that yeah. like first time I think when I was on a medical call with him and he's yeah. like, I put the kit down. I was like, don't no, ever put the kit down next to him. Yeah. like, he's like, they're gonna throw up in it. Yeah. So like, okay. you're
1: all out <laughs> of way. Um, give give a nice clean work zone.
2: because yeah. uh, if if he has vomit, it's gonna go everywhere. And, um, yeah. You don't I want think that in the kit. So <laughs> most most medics at some point in their career they've had a close call or that's happened, and I tell you, ever since then, yeah, make sure it is out of the vomit area. Sure. Percent. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. And there's always the airway in there and. Like, when they come up and I was <laughs> <and> like, ah! <laughs> yeah. The other thing, sidebar, is if you close a kit, like we have the Pelicans, right? So yeah. mm-hmm. If you're closing the lid to the kit, do it fully. Latch it. Like Don't just closed. Closed yeah, close at at it and make it look like it's closed. Because yeah. so at some, some point, somebody's going to pick it up and it's it fucking yard sale, yeah. yard sale yeah. all, all right. your kit all over the ground. <laughs> That's happened, yes.
1: <laughs> I can see that, for sure. Yeah. Actually, if it hasn't happened there, it's happened... Oh, it's happened to me. You know, yeah, working in the 100%. shop, every time I'm just going to close this and slide my, yeah. you know, socket set out of the way and then I, and, end of the night, <laughs> awesome, <laughs> all over the ground. So yeah. anytime, anything that has a latch, latch that. <laughs> well, shit. I, I, in the
0: music industry, when I would, I'd watch the roadies and stuff, pick up the guitars especially, they put mm-hmm. in the case and then they'd always spin it so that the the lid would open in their, into their leg. Oh yeah. So if, if the class was a class like they're just in the habit, you always pick it up, and it's always open, so that it always opens into your leg. So then, oh, shit, you mm. didn't just drop a oh, yeah. $10,000 yeah. guitar on the ground. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So I always do that with my gun cases. <laughs> 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 Don't to drop the old gun and the scope. Break. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, back to the waking people up from Narcan, mm-hmm. one of the things we teach law enforcement guys now is, um, and actually they're doing it in LA, too, with the fire and medical guys. Um, they actually teach, um, when you're doing it, is either you're all the way in or you're all the way out. So you, you do it you step back. Or if you want to be close, then you're actually almost in a, in a neon belly position. Cause neon belly is probably the least intrusive on somebody. Um, it's not like a, you know, you're not like punching in the face and you're not getting, and you're, you're kind of controlling them right away. Like, so if they start coming up swinging, you just grab their wrists and you put your, you know, you, you, you don't have to drop your knee. You just gently put it under stomach and control yeah. them. And it's actually a really effective thing. And we've been doing that in some scenarios now when we're teaching the law enforcement guys, um, Given Narcan. So we do a little fake Narcan scenario where the patient's, uh, you know, really slow uh, breathing and et cetera, et cetera. And we're kind of keying them like, yeah, he might need Narcan. So they pull up the the Narcan. As soon as they give it, the guy starts in, you know, the role player starts, uh, he's hypoxic. Then he comes up and he starts and if they don't identify themselves right away, he starts swinging. Actually, he usually starts swinging anyways, because we want to see where they're at with that. So yeah. mm-hmm. right away, they've been trained now to take control in the unbelly-controlled situation and say, hey, I'm with so-and-so, calm down. And oh, okay. And then mm-hmm. It's just so they're not, when it actually happens in real life, they're not startled by, oh, this guy, why is this guy fighting me now all of a sudden? It's like, they exactly, get that. Because yeah. like, I remember the first time I ever saw Narcan use, it was years and years ago when I was working at a concert. and guy's yeah, like, yeah, they're going to Narcan. I'm going to get ready for the fight. I'm like, ready for the fight? The guy, like, the guy's dead. I'm like, no, get ready for the fight. Sure enough. Pshht. And that was back in the day. I think, I don't think there was any, like, I think it was just like straight, like as much Narcan as you can give the guy. <laughs> straight remember, with rolls. Right? Every time I saw the guy, every time I saw them giving a guy Narcan back in the day, it was like they came up swinging. Yeah. <laughs> so,
2: and now it's like much more of a gentler. We try and bring them up slower. Uh, with a lot of the drugs now, they're so strong. We're using a lot more Naloxone. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, it's, it's the hypoxia, right? Like it's yeah. a, it's an airway and respiratory emergency, right? So that's why we're, we're bagging them or sure. oxygen. Yeah. So if we can, if we can sit there and breathe for them, give them as much oxygen as we can, it's going to help them come up a lot better. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, back to some of the kind of making sure they're safe of weapons before you put them in the, the ambulance or before you hand them off, um, things like that. Couple scenarios. So I had had one, one lady. She was a she was a cutter. She always cut herself with razor yep. blades, and um, we found this out after the fact. Um, the very first time I I met this patient was that she used to tape a razor blades up in her uh, upper thighs because mm-hmm. we always take all the weapons away before they go in the ambulance. She knew that, so she started hiding them, and then she'd start cutting again back in the hospital. So a few other times when we went there. My partner, again, started putting her right in the ambulance. oh, no, no, pull, pull her back out. Officer, can you, you know, check her for, for these blades? This is where she usually keeps them. And sure enough, have them taped up her thighs again, mm. ready to go. So you got to be really vigilant and work with your, your law enforcement who is with you for those scenarios. Yeah. Um, because we as medics, you know, we're not, Legally allowed to be patting down and and doing things like that, but there's ways of making it safe for you yeah. to work, right? So you have to look out for yourself. Um, another one are is you, just having that. Are you not allowed
0: to? You're not patting down for evidence. Are you not allowed to look for? Like for Well, safety. you can
2: look, yeah, you yeah. can look for scenes. that's what I would call for it. For like, weapons, you're not, yeah, you're not like giving that. the
0: police like, oh, look what I found.
2: No, exactly, <laughs> yeah. There's a fine line of yeah. patient confidentiality and trust and things yeah. like that, right? Yeah. But again, it, it defaults back to, well, it needs to be safe for me to be yeah. there. So yeah. that, that's what we work in. Um, another scenario is, I mean, I always talk about, you know, having that situation awareness and just that street savviness of what to do and how to react. Um, one situation I was in... We got sent for the short of breath and <laughs> this uh, street corner call. Um, down the downtown east side, roll up. We, the ambulance is barely in park, and this guy jumps in the back of the rig. And I was attending, like, oh shit, okay, jump out. He's rooting through the doors of, right. the, of the ambulance, and he's, he's very short of breath, he's quite sick. Um, so I'm like, All right, buddy, slow down, slow down, I'll get you. And he's, he's, he's going for the Ventolin. he's going for the neb. Here, let me get it going. Got it going with him. Started doing the rest. And, hey man, I need to get your blood pressure. And now that I've got him on Ventolin. he's starting to settle. He's sitting in the chair, but he's still very short of breath. He's kind of tripoding, So he's leaning forward, you know, trying to get as much air in as possible. And hey man, I need to get a blood pressure and, and listen to your lungs. Make sure there's nothing else going on. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he goes to pull his hoodie off and a handgun falls out. Uh, right at between his feet and my feet. And it was that pause. <laughs> we both look down and see it. I look back up at him as like, okay, I have a split second to punch him in the face, take the gun or ignore it. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, what's the best practice here? Well, he knows I'm getting, I'm giving him help. He's been calm and good with me. He was mm-hmm. a little bit panicked because he couldn't breathe yeah. but nothing. There's no aggression towards me. And he's, he's definitely a uh, fucking drug dealer and shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, upstanding citizen. Um, so... Did he ask him for his pal? Yeah. yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah right? <laughs> you got an acquisition license for that? Um, so I just did one of these. I kind of looked over my left shoulder and looked away for a moment. And he quickly grabbed it, shoved it back in his pocket, and I looked back. Okay, let me listen to your chest. Like, okay. <laughs> Continued on. And just at the moment, as... The knock on the door, and it's the police. Mm -hmm. So they go to open up the door. I'm like, hey, you guys good? Same second, my partner, who is (laughs) very mm, not as on the ball, I guess is a polite Mm -hmm. way to say it. Says, oh, yeah, they're fine. Closes the door. Like, fuck. Because I was (laughs) just about to step out. Except for the handgun. (laughs) Yeah, I was about to step out right out of the ambulance and tell him right away so then he could deal with it, right? Yeah. And, uh, then he jumps back in the, in the driver's seat and he didn't even come in the back with me and normal, like in a normal partnership, we always have like kind of like a little code word or something, right? You know, it's pre-established for Banana! safety. For safety. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Banana! What? Banana! <laughs> yeah. A little a special safe word. <laughs> we know Scott's safe word now. <laughs> oh, that was your safe word. <laughs> yeah. And, uh. So the guy, anyways, so the guy, he starts getting better, and he's like, all right, thanks, man. Yeah, peace out. Darts. I'm like, all right, then. I get back into the cab. I'm like, dude, like, where are the fives? Oh, I cleared them. They're gone. I'm like, well, he had a handgun. It fell out on the ground. What? I'm like, yeah, thanks, buddy. You didn't, <laughs> didn't, didn't you hear you didn't even. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't even come check on me. Uh, so I call the fives back. They come flying back. I give them the description. They're like, fuck, that sounds like the guy we've been looking for. It's like, yep. <laughs> Thanks, partner. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Anyways. yep. Yeah. So again, situational awareness, you, you just don't know the situation. Like mm. that evolved so quickly into the back of the ambulance. The next thing you know, I was, I was in there. I didn't have a chance to do any sort of a pre-screening, if you will, of a few sure. safety questions that we normally would in that downtown east side environment. Right. Yeah. Um, but again, it was no threat towards me. No threat towards the situation is just that's what he had on him mm-hmm. um, could have gone the other direction yeah mm. possibly but right. yeah so you just have to have to be aware and, and know how to handle that situation because who knows I mean if I would have grabbed him if I could have been on he could have kicked he could have kicked my ass I put, who knows right like yeah but anyways yeah huh. always try and control that scene safety as best you can I love these little Todd Nuggets <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah. um was it about the, uh, your, uh, the other guy with the uh, ERT guys? Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So that's that's overall stuff. Oh, sorry. um So basically, yeah. So another situation was a good friend of mine. Uh, they were doing this event um, in this apartment building. And they're treating this guy kind of in the stairwell. And he turned her back around to grab something out of his kit. And he bumped into somebody. So he looked over his shoulder. It was one of the ERT guys with his long gun out kind of in a ready stance, and he kind of looks, at, looks up at him, and he's like, uh, are we, like, kind of safe to be here right now? Like, is this okay? And he goes, ah, probably not, but we got you. We got your back. We're still looking for the other suspect. Like, okay. Nice. <laughs> Guess we'll continue on treating this guy for the moment. Yeah. Quickly expedite the extrication plan here down the stairwell, but, yeah. Uh, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. It's, it's always funny in the, like, you, were, you kind of started the conversation with the, um, Like the the when you're in the academy or whatever, Mm -hmm. and and you know they're hammering the scene safety, and it's always like, "Is it scene safe?" Mm -hmm. And that's literally like the extent of scene safety discussions. Scene safe, yep. Is it, yep. Scene safe, What if it's not, or like, yeah, like never, like, it's never the scenario where no, it isn't. Like, Mm -hmm. no, the building's on fire, or this happened. Like, I think one of my scenarios I did when I was in the when I was doing my EMR was like. Yeah, it's super hot in here. I'm like, okay, where are we? Well, you're in a boiler room. I'm like, okay, well, does not very safe then. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. let's drag the guy out because he was a like heat exhaustion or something. Mm-hmm. But you know, that was the, that was the extent of the unsafe scene. But you know, um, it's rare in these scenarios where it's like, oh yeah, no, there was just a shooting, mm-hmm. or oh yeah, the police are no no problem. Like really, like it's always like, I don't know. I don't feel they they. Um, they do their best uh, in those um, environments of right. actually preparing you for those unsafe scenes. Yeah, um, and you know, is it hard to do? It's it's actually fairly easy to do, um, like high acuity or mm-hmm. those high fidelity sims where the scene is not safe. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> and maybe the police aren't here, and maybe you've gotten yourself into a situation by accident. And yeah. now what do you do? Now sort yourself out. Like, yeah, yeah. I think there's a lot of concentration on the medical side, which is great, mm-hmm. but there isn't the concentration on. What happens the if, reality? Of, yeah, the reality of, the of, of an unsafe you scene. See. You yeah. know, because there could be the, you know, the, the, the kind of the armchair quarterbacks. Well, you shouldn't have got yourself in that situation, anyways. Yeah. How come you got yourself in that situation, Todd, where you got his handgun? <laughs> right. Well, yeah. this is why it became my situation. Yeah, it became All a situation time. right away. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you yeah.
1: find yourself in these close, close quarters, yeah. right? Like, absolutely. He brought himself into your workspace. <laughs>
3: yeah.
1: Yeah. But you, you can't... What is he? What are you, but the punch
0: him in the face? Get I <laughs> haven't saved my scene yet! It's yeah. not safe! I know. I
2: know... Banana, uh, banana, banana! <laughs> <laughs> I know uh, in some scenarios, I remember... And I, I'm assuming they still do this in some of the Academy <laughs> stuff, but... Um, like the scenarios were, okay, you, you're in the house and whatever it is, and there's a a handgun or a rifle leaning against the couch or a knife beside the bedside table. And you know, right. what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, I'm going to grab and yeah. hand it to my partner and safely remove it from the scene. Yeah. Okay, good. That was literally yeah, the extent like, of it. Yeah. It's like, okay, well now what? Cause yeah. there is, there's also been other stories. I've had, had other people go, um, get the guy up off the couch and there's a handgun, you know, in yeah. between the couch cushions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And my one friend did that call and, uh, she asked the guy. She goes, "Oh, because uh, he." I think if, if I remember correctly. She asked him, "Well, why do you have that? Can you put it away safely, please? Like, <laughs> like you're not you're not going to hurt us, are you?" Like she bluntly asked him, and he said, yeah. "No, no, no, not not you guys at all. Uh, I, I was having some suicidal thoughts, oh, that's great. but uh, <laughs> no, I'm I'm going to put it away." And he put yeah. it away, and of course, they backed out. They did everything they're supposed to. They backed yeah. out and called it the fives, mm-hmm. and the guy came out willingly. Yeah. But again. It was buried in the couch cushions right, right. so it's just, yeah. sometimes those events just happen and you have to deal with it yeah and, I
0: think, and back to kind of that all the way in or all the way out that reaction um because i know when you were down uh, doing that scenario for us for fr um that one scenario you pulled out the handgun yeah and the reactions were either all the way out yeah or i think i went all the way in because yeah. like as soon as i saw the pistol control it, on my arm i and jammed the, your yeah. I jammed the gun into your stomach <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i was like give me that <laughs> okay yeah. i mean there's because that's really the only way to deal with it you either you get yeah. all the way out of the scene, or yeah. you or you're in there. So you might as well commit because now you're because mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't go the half measure. Because now yeah. it's like okay, now yeah. the guy's like at the right range and everything, especially with knives and guns. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, back to we had a fire call once where there was a um, kitchen fire and the guy was cooking some sort of drugs. Um, so we were doing venting in his bedroom, and you know, I, I look over and yeah, there's a there's a pistol sitting there. So I was like, oh shit. And, You know, for scene safety, and I dropped the mag, cleared the chamber, oh yeah, and walked out and handed it to the police. So, like, hey, I found this inside. Turned out it was illegal because it was, you know, on bare length and all that kind of stuff in Canada. Um, so I remember the crown, uh, so the prosecutor ended up calling me. She's like, What, why were you dealing with that pistol? Like, you're the firefighter. I'm like, Well, I was clear, I'm making it the scene safe. She's like, Oh, okay, I understand that. So, mm-hmm. so it wasn't like I was looking for that. It was just no, I had no. me walking by and I caught it in the corner of my eye. I'm like, oh, geez, there's a, a freaking pistol sitting on the Yeah. <laughs>
1: absolutely. So it's like, Which yeah. I think comes back to, like, what when Todd was saying about that one patient. Like, sure, you're not supposed to be, like, looking for whatever else for, yeah. you know, for the police side of life. Yeah. But, like, if you're doing your job and you're making sure that, you know, the scene's safe for you and your crew, um, you should always be able to fall back on that as... Yeah. You know, a complete
2: reason why these actions were being taken. Yeah. <laughs> Another story is popped in my head. So, years back, <laughs> uh, our service took a stance on hey, we need to train all the medics up to a certain level of self defense. Oh, um, huh. So, we actually had, they had hired whoever the hell, I can't remember, some people to come in, and everybody had to go through this mandatory training. And they basically started out the classes as okay tell us your stories tell us your events what situations have you been into and then we did a whole bunch of tactics on on disarming and scene safe and spotty stance body positioning language all that kind of things and then the hands-on defense techniques uh, if you had to get hands on um, it, was, it was a good course um, but some of the stories that came out of there the instructors told us this one they said we can't say who it was or where it was in the province. But this crew rolled up into this very sketchy area somewhere in the province. And somebody started shooting. Or it was the first shooting. And they rolled up to this guy on the ground with a rifle. And somebody from this house started shooting at the ambulance. (laughs) And the one paramedic ducked and covered. And the other guy was like, super senior ex-military for his entire career grabs the gun reloads it starts returning fire (laughs) that's awesome just right back into where he was right yeah (laughs) it's like holy shit that's the best story i've heard all week
1: Now I don't know if that would fall back into making the scene safe. For no, no. I, who knows? <laughs> I how it if I remove uh, the threat,
2: yeah, that's making it safe. <laughs> who yeah. knows how it played out from there? I just remember that part of the story. Then we were howling. That was wicked, but action—that's what stops <laughs> most <of the> threats. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, you know, scene safety is huge. Um, every service needs to look at it for their members, um, and even there's a small group of us in my last post we actually went out and took some personal uh, protection training and stuff as well. And I know, right. Scott, you've taught me some things over yeah. the years as well. And, and it comes in handy, you know, like when you have no choice and you're against the wall and you have to defend yourself, yeah. you know, just throwing a haymaker like you're used to in high school doesn't work. <laughs> right. You know? Like it looks horrible, number one. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you know, it's not going to control the situation. Right. So learning these tactics that you teach yeah. um, is, is huge. And yeah. I mean, yeah, we're there to make things better. But guess what? I want to go home to my family, too. Sure. So that's the priority.
0: Yeah, because uh, I know when I was in L.A. doing that, the Gracie's survival tactics course, mm-hmm. there was a couple fire medics there. And they were kind of there, almost like, they weren't there necessarily to learn. Like, they were there to learn, but they were also jiu students. Mm-hmm. And then they started, you'd see out throughout the week, they're like, wait a minute, we should all learn this. And then I, by the end of the week, they were opening the course up to... Fire and ambulance because yeah. it's like because mm-hmm. even the the Gracies they didn't understand like what happens in the back of an ambulance. I think they think mm-hmm. like they thought oh yeah you know the guy's sick of course nothing happens in the back of an ambulance and then all these stories kind of come out oh no I've been in brawls in the back of an ambulance and they're like Absolutely. so you are like are like you're still having like a cage fight in the back of an ambulance so like yeah we, it's like you're fighting in a phone booth there's no way out and there's yeah. no <laughs> way out and you're driving sixty down the road and yeah. you know you're on a freeway and you can't just mm-hmm. be like oh well, let's pull over because then you pull over and where are you you're still fighting with a guy in the back yeah. of an ambulance so. Exactly. They were like, yeah, so a lot of those techniques don't work well, and you don't know when it's going to kick off. Like, you could have the most safe scene, and then you get in the back of the ambulance, and then, yep. then, it, then it turns out.
2: Oh, absolutely. I've, I've had that from just um, head injuries. Like yeah. Somebody with a head injury comes up swinging, and it's not their fault, you know? Yeah. So we have to control them, because we're going to get hurt. They're going to get more hurt. Yeah. Uh, so there's techniques to that. Um, but there's also, there's also stories of somebody just going completely violent, like uh, no, an actual assault against the medic in the back. And the crews had to slam on the brakes and bail out of the ambulance and and walk down the freeway. And the guy's trashing the shit out of the ambulance. So the cops arrive, So they removed themselves and did the right thing. Yeah. yeah. So it does happen. Um, and that's why we, or my practice is making sure there's nothing on them before they get into the back, remove those bags. Um, and it's not always just knives and guns, yeah. you know. Like a big, big weapon we, weapon of choice in the downtown east side was generally a big tube sock with some rocks or some yeah. pieces of steel right. uh, in it as well, and they'd swing it. Yeah, well, that's another good one.
0: Uh, or I always found uh, when we were working in the streets, um, they, we'd find uh, uh, steak knives from restaurants. Mm. Uh-huh. So I think what would happen is when they would be dumpster diving, they'd be looking in restaurants, uh, and then you know dishwasher or Bus boy accidentally drops a steak knife. So it was always those, like, black-handled, serrated steak knives that every yeah. kind of mediocre restaurant has, like, not fancy steak knives, but mm-hmm. it was always those serrated <laughs> black ha- Like, every time I'd search it, oh, up, steak knife! Yeah. <laughs> it's the same steak knife every time, and they'd be like, oh yeah, I found it in the dumpster, I found it up in the alley, and <laughs> yeah. it wasn't, like, a fancy blade. It was literally steak knife. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but a serrated, a serrated steak knife is so that's gonna rip you apart pretty
2: fast. Sure. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and these, guys,
2: a lot of these guys would make all sorts of weapons, right? Like yeah. Some guys would make these little zip guns. Like yeah. A Little little yeah. tube, and they would throw a shell in it, and they'd have a way to hit the firing pin, and yeah. or make a firing pin and hit the hit the end uh, of the bullet, and yeah. So there's lots of things guys make. Mm-hmm. So empty pockets is a good thing.
0: Yep. Mhm. That pretty much covers the discussion on. That, yeah. that level
2: of scene safety anyways yeah I mean we can get
0: into shootings and all that kind of stuff but oh
2: really, yeah. yeah No, it, yeah I think yeah this would go on and on God I've got stories from <laughs> blades and cars as you pull people out from car accidents they've over at that at a light a red light mm-hmm. things like that you wake them up and there's a machete beside them and but again it depends on how you how you identify and and whatnot because it's crazy as soon as, as soon as somebody says police, they go irate and a lot of times if you say, Hey, you know, it's paramedics, they're somewhat good. Sure. We always kind of joke that we're the invisible service in the downtown east side. Like we'd park on the in the back alley off of Hastings there and and There'd be drug deals in front of us, and you could pick out like the the dealer to the, the money guy to the enforcer to all that stuff. And then, as soon as the cops were nearby, oh, they just shout out a code in the alley, and people would scatter. But right. to us, they just
0: surprised the, the cops didn't want to ride with you in the back. Just look at
2: the portal back there, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, again, just be safe, man. Yeah, think mm-hmm. ahead, be ahead,
3: yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Which, again, I think that
1: like coming back to us with our you know, three or four, four man crew, I think it's great because as, you know, that officer, we are, you know, studs, you, detached we can, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you can see a, a, a lot more of what's happening on a two, two person EHS crew. Mm-hmm. Um, You're a lot more hands on. Um, yep. And again, that brings back the value of having us there, even if they're, on on scene first um having those extra hands those extra eyes um i think that brings a shit ton of
2: value yeah it absolutely does like just uh jump over to shootings real quick so again like a lot of targeted um events that we've attended um one very seasoned als advanced life support member who's kind of one of my mentors um on my platoon i learned a ton from him um he always said like you know you're responding to these events to these shootings, and we were sitting there trying to punch, lock all the holes and resuscitate this guy. These guys wanted this guy dead for a reason. They could be coming back, and mm-hmm. that's the reason why. When you're at the hospital, the police have a lockdown procedure. The hospital has a lockdown procedure. There's armed police members in by the bedside, at the door, you know, because somebody could be coming back to make sure this guy is not breathing. Yeah. So if we are there by ourselves and not scanning the crowd and not watching our backs, mm. absolutely somebody could come back and try and take this guy out. So it was always our practice. Uh, If it was one or two crews, but I mean, down there we're very lucky we had police on us immediately and fire was there with us. Mm -hmm. But uh, you have that detachment, guys would spread back away from the scene and look around, Really, have that little overwatch, if you will. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that's super important. And that comes back to the crowd situation that we're talking about. You go in there and you're doing whatever, maybe you're going to an assault, having those extra bodies, create that little safe work zone, don't be staring at the scene. Be looking out at the crowd.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I
0: think sometimes when we're doing first responder, it's like if the ambulance is already on scene, I, I know I'm usually like sweet ambulance is on scene Yeah. because um, they're doing their deal. But we are still helpful. Mm-hmm. And in those situations, we are even more helpful. Absolutely. We just have to understand our abilities and why we're helpful. We're yeah. not necessarily going to help with the medical. We're going to help with all the other stuff that you just mentioned. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think our now that we do doing first responder for a few months, mm-hmm. um we're starting to understand that more. I think our guys are starting to pick up on, yeah, we. there's a lot of other work to be done on a scene. Yeah, we definitely
1: bring a lot of other, you know, key key factors to a scene uh, that might not be hands-on medical, um, yeah. but mm-hmm. still carries a lot of value.
0: Absolutely. Mm-hmm.
2: Right. Yeah, I think that's all we got for that. Anyway, yeah, for I think no. that's, uh, that's
0: good. Mm-hmm. All right, um, Modus. Yeah,
1: Motus, um their Snagger Tools, their Force Entry Wedges, uh, some of their Soft Entry Kit, um, Hydrant Tools. I mean, I can go on down the list of uh, all the, the, the cool pieces of uh, tooling and kit that they have. Uh, check out their social media. Uh, check out ours. And uh, I think they are finished filming um, number two right. on their... I think they're looking to do a three, a three part. So they've... Uh, they finished our film.
3: Yeah,
1: um, we've had a chance to watch that. Super, super excited to uh, get to share that with everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, they finished filming number two, and they've got plans for the last one. So, uh, they've got uh, some some pretty cool things on on the media side coming down. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you like what you see uh, on the tools, um,
2: dtff five is going to get you five percent off. Todd, let's talk about our tag real quick. Yeah, <clears throat> so the. Uh, r uh, attack from Dr. Nick Sparrow from the attack group, so the rescue trauma casualty care. Um, yeah, so Dr. Nick, he's put out a kind of a yeah. uh, course that we've taken a look at for an online component. Yeah, I don't know if it's uh, open to general public yet, I think it's
0: uh, it's kind of a like a beta test. <laughs> yeah, beta test. Um, <laughs> he's doing it in his region with some fire departments, and uh, we're the farthest away that he knows. I mean, mm-hmm. he obviously knows the other fire departments, but mm-hmm. uh, with us, he's like. Wants to take a look at it, so we have been.
2: Yeah, I started going through the program there the other day as well, and it's uh, so far it's it's a really good layout. I really like it; it's very engaging. Um, I've done a lot of online training courses and stuff as well, and uh, they're always a little dry. And
0: I like the fact he's down in the corner the whole time talking; he's actually teaching the course. Not you're not just like watching some stupid video, but he's actually down there speaking, talking it through.
2: Yeah, no, it's very good, and just how he gives the history of it and why it became and what it is today. Right, It's, it's very informative. It's very engaging. Okay. Um, I think it's going to be a really good uh, uh, program.
0: Yes. Yeah. Uh, Ash, stop the bleed. Have you done stop the bleed in a while?
2: I haven't done Oh, well. there we go.
0: Let's St- see if you remember the Stop
1: the bleed. I'll see if I can make uh, Rob proud. Uh, stop the bleed. You got your three uh, uh, three main methods uh, you got your direct pressure, uh, you got your wound packing, really? and you follow that up with a tourniquet. Nice. Yeah. Boom. <laughs> Where do you find oh, stuff? Uh, look, in, you can find information. Um,
0: at uh, bleedingcontrol.org, or I think they changed it now to stopthebleed.org. But stop I think bleedingcontrol.org bleed control. is still maybe
2: an active link. Uh, I'm not sure. Yeah. Anyway, mm, stop either way, stop, and check out the <laughs> Yeah, boom. Yeah, and hey, you can check
1: us out on our social medias. Uh, yeah. Scott and John did a yeah. uh, pretty cool breakdown
2: um, of uh, what one of the courses would look like. Yeah. on yeah. our YouTube. Yeah, and it sounds like we're wanted to teach stop the bleed again. Come up here, hey for some of the ambassadors
0: oh yeah right oh, yes yeah. Nice. Yeah. Nice. yeah um
2: talk Tanner Olson Tanner Olson band uh country music out of west coast Canada uh they are coming here next week heck yeah next Saturday next yeah, awesome. yeah it's coming <laughs> up real fast it's very mm-hmm. exciting uh that is of course for your 100th year um party anniversary party yeah for the fire department so yeah uh check them out on all your usual um media platforms where you download your music your spotify's etc um and yeah, it's uh, it's going to be a blast. I'm really excited to uh, to meet them and have mm-hmm. a great concert all night. Yeah.
0: There's a lot of planning. Uh, you know, it was funny because we were talking about how it's actually not as much planning as a seminar. Yeah. It's In a seminar, scenario. we're moving our entire training ground to another area, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's kind of crazy. This is more like, oh, we'll just throw some fence up, and it's like, we've had a couple of meetings, and like, do we need more meetings? Is- Yeah, we got it pretty much dialed. This this. everything's planned. It's like, okay. Nice.
1: For us, there's very little, like, in comparison, like Scott says to the seminar, there's very little moving pieces. Like, once we have it set up, which you can do most of it the day prior, um, yeah, yeah, you just go through the motions of it, um, make sure the bands are there at the right time, make sure the events in the day happen on
0: time. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it, you know, I don't think it'll run itself, but it'll. There'll, there'll be glitches, like there always is. And mm-hmm. We'll sort so we'll it out. Out. Mm-hmm. It'll, it'll be fun, and probably no one will even notice the glitches. Sure. Yeah, yeah it's, it's going to be awesome. Yeah. yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I guess the biggest thing, uh, if you're ever planning an event with fire service, try to get um, spouses involved. Oh yeah. Because if we have to leave on a major call, um, it's the, the the event should still. Pretty much run. I mean, will there be some holes? Yeah, there'll be some holes. Yeah, but pretty much, uh, it should still run itself. Mm -hmm. We'll we'll just be gone. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, I guess it takes it to us. uh, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, TikTok. Um, Check us out on those platforms, Mm -hmm. and uh, give us a like, and definitely don't not give us a five star review. If you don't give us a, if you don't give us a five star review, don't give us a review. I don't even know where to look for reviews is it on where's it on I don't even look uh, I never read reviews we get them
1: through Spotify oh. um, that's Carl's department <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah I stumbled across some of them uh, most yeah. most are actually really really positive oh. uh, we had a bad uh,
0: do I want to read one I want to read a bad one
2: yeah I'll see if I can find them alright yeah sweet <laughs> here we go Scott's tangent next week okay. <laughs> yeah. and another thing <laughs> yeah <exactly. laughs>
0: All right. Any more for any more? No, sir. All right. Ash. Thanks a lot. Have a good night.
2: Have a good night. Thank you. Thanks. Stay safe. Stay GTFF.